Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. First Samuel chapter 15, the Bible tells us how God gave Saul the first king of Israel and a simple instruction. And that simple assignment was found, if you, if you go to verse number 3, the Bible says to uh, Saul, said, now go, attack Amalek, utterly destroy all that they have, and do not spare them. But kill both men and women, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camels and donkeys. And the Bible makes us to understand that Saul went, you know, went to battle all right, but for some reason he did not follow the full instruction of the Almighty God. And God noticed that Saul did his own thing. And the Bible says that God rejected Saul from being king. By the time you get to verse 1 of chapter 16, 1 Samuel chapter 1, chapter 16, verse 1, the Bible tells us there, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemites. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. In other words, God looked, God looked for and found a king, found a replacement for Saul, who refused to follow the instruction of the Almighty God. And the Bible said that a new king was found among the sons of Jesse. And by the time we get to verse number 13, the Bible says that Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. In other words, Saul was rejected as king of Israel and David was anointed in his place. First Samuel chapter 17, the Bible tells us how David confronted and defeated Goliath. The Bible tells us that after Goliath had been harassing the, children, the army of Israel for a number of days, David eventually showed up in the story, showed up on the sea and challenged, you know, and challenged Goliath. We all know the story. The Bible tells us that David went after Goliath with five stones from the brook and a sling in his hand. After David's victory, the Bible said that Saul now brought him into the fold, made him, you know, part of the army. And eventually the, the army of Israel, after defeating and wasting the armies of the Philistines, they had to go home. And as they were going home, the Bible tells us that the women came to meet their conquering hero. The women now created a necessary problem for David. They started singing. Let's pick up the story from 1 Samuel chapter 18. We're reading from verse number 5. The Bible says, So David went out, wherever Saul went, wherever Saul sent him, and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servant. Verse number 6. Now it happened. As they were coming home, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women had come out from all of the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet Saul the king with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. Verse number 7. The women sang as they danced and said, 
Saul has slain his thousands, and David has slain his ten thousand. And that pissed, pissed off Saul. Saul was very angry. Saul was very angry and said, and the saying displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed to David ten thousand, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. Now if you fast forward to verse number 29, the Bible now tells us that Saul was still more afraid of David, so Saul became David's enemy continually. Saul became David's enemy continually because the women don't know how to praise people. The king is coming. Just give take it 10,000. Give David 1,000. David will have you fine. Eh? Now you cross problem for David. That's a story for another David. Anyhow, from the verse of the scripture, we can see that David just, you know, David just secured a victory. You know, he just defeated Goliath. The man just removed a reproach from the whole nation of Israel because Goliath was busy running his mouth for days and nobody could challenge him. Even Saul that was looking for 10,000, looking for the women to praise him for 10,000, he couldn't even go out. Okay? David removed Israel's reproach. David had just received a hero's welcome. Um, in the process of receiving a hero's welcome, he incurred the wrath of a king and the king made him his perpetual enemy even until the day he died. And for some reason, Saul just decided he was going to be David's enemy. For the rest, and for the rest of Saul's life, he pursued, he dedicated himself to pursuing and killing David. And for a period of almost a decade, Saul hunted David with everything he had. He hunted David with the resources of the kingdom. He hunted David with everything he had. Every, every now and then he will come to his senses and then go back into hunting David. And the question is, why? What happened? Why was why was Saul so bent on killing David? Let's go back to First Samuel chapter eighteen. The Bible tells us that as Saul heard the women sing the praise of David, something just did not sit right in the heart of or the heart of Saul. Verse eight says the Bible said that Saul was very angry, and the saying displeased him, and he said, "They have ascribed to David ten thousand, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have?" But the kingdom. I mean, he has taken all the glory. What else? Just give him the king and crown him the king. So the question is why? Why was Saul so pissed? Why was Saul so determined to eliminate David? Let me suggest to you that Saul was determined to eliminate David because number one of Saul's insecurity. Saul's insecurity led to the pursuit of destroying, you know, the pursuit and the dedication to destroying his own enemy. Number two, Saul was determined to eliminate David because of what is called self-preservation. Saul understood that the Lord has rejected him as king and he knew that David was the next person. He wanted to preserve the kingdom in his own, in his own family. He wanted his son to be the king and that was why he wanted to eliminate. If I kill this guy, maybe God will change his mind and accept Jonathan. Number three, why was Saul so determined to destroy David? The reason is because of David's prophetic destiny. David's prophetic destiny. In other words, Saul knew that David was the next king. Saul knew that there was nothing he could do about it. He did not like the idea that David was going to be the person sitting upon his own throne. Okay? And he did everything possible to kill and to eliminate David. And I can imagine David wondering, what did I do to this guy? Why am I being haunted by a king? 
You can see the difficulty and the depression that might come upon David as he endured Saul's constant attack. I mean, here was, here was David, a shepherd boy, who his father said, go and give food to your brothers at the war front. And he saw an opportunity to deal with somebody who was running his mouth. He was the one that just delivered the nation of Israel. He delivered the nation of Israel from embarrassment. He was a person, he was a guy who was not looking for the throne. But Samuel came, they went into the bush and fed him and crowned him the king. He was not asking to be king. He was not asking to be the hero. He was a young man who served Saul with all his power, without even questioning. He served the nation. He did the nation a favor. He served the nation without reservation. And the only way that Saul can repay him is to pursue and kill him. Isn't that interesting? Here was a man who gave his all to the nation. And yet the only way that Saul can recognize his service is to dedicate his own life and the resource of the nation to pursuing and to killing him. And there are many who are going through the same thing today. You have done a lot of good things to people. You have visited them, you have prayed for them, you have done a lot of things, and yet they continue to speak evil. Right now you are feeling like David. Many are going through the continued attack of loved ones. Many are going through, are experiencing endless onslaught of hell. And they are asking, when will all this stop? When will the Lord Almighty visit me? When will he take me to a place of refuge? I have a word for you from the mouth of David himself. In Psalm 60, reading from verse number 1, the Bible tells us when David was feeling overwhelmed. He said, hear my cry, O God, I turn unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the, from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covering of thy wings. For thou, O Lord, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those who fear thy name. These are the words that David himself penned when he was going through that particular frustration. And I want you to understand that there is no doubt that David was frustrated because of what they were, because of what Saul was doing. And many are frustrated today because of what is going on in their family, what is going on with their husband or their wife, what is going on in the place of work if they still have a job. I mean, all that is going on in their life, they feel oppressed, they feel attacked. Even when they are giving their very best, even when they are serving faithfully, they are still being attacked. And because of that, they feel like David, and David is saying that God is always there. He said, for thou, O Lord, hast heard my vow and has given me the heritage of them that fear your name. You will receive the heritage of those that fear the name of the Lord if you do not give up in Jesus' name. Like I'm saying, I'm sure that David must have, you know, thought at one point in time, well, just, just let, this, let this guy just kill me and let this, let's end this whole thing. But for some reason, David did not. David did not throw in the towel. David did not allow himself to be overrun by, by Saul. And the question is why? How did David survive the constant onslaught from, from Saul? How was he able to manage even when he knew that the whole army of Israel were hunting him on a daily basis? How did he survive the season of waiting to see the promise of God that he was going to be the next king? How did he survive it? How did David survive the long road, the long march to the throne of Israel? My brothers and sisters, for you to understand how David was able to survive, you must first of all understand the circumstances around the life of David that helped and prepared him for the journey that he was going to face. In other words, the key to understanding David's survival is in the way he was prepared for the throne. 
How David survived is a function of how David prepared. And the question is, how did David prepare? Number one, David's preparation was in number one, involved his time as a shepherd. David's preparation started during his time as a shepherd. David's time as a shepherd taught him how to fight beasts, how to fight lions, and he prepared him for the epic battle between him and Goliath. When he was keeping his father's sheep, the Bible says when a lion came, David fought him. When a bear came, he fought him. That already gave him the preparation that he needed to be able to fight a very challenging and a very fierce enemy. Number two, how did David prepare? David prepared and, you know, David's preparations also continued during the time as a bandit leader. He was a rebel leader. The Bible says when he ran away from the house of Saul, he went into the cave Adullam. And when he got to the cave Adullam, there were people. People were oppressed. People were depressed. People were all those kind of uh, riffraff of the, of, the, of, the, of the community. They came to him and David became their leader. David's time of leading a bunch of ruffians while trying to avoid death taught him how to fight and how to lead people. That's how he prepared. Number one, he prepared as a time, you know, his preparation started at a time in, in the time as a shepherd. Then it, it continued at a time when he was a bandit leader, and then most importantly, his preparation continued as a lonely psalmist. As a lonely psalmist, Bible makes us to understand that the time that David spent in the wilderness taught him how to pray and how to rely on the Almighty God. If you read the book of Psalms, you will know that this is a man who knew how to commune, who knew how to fight, who knew who understand the relationship with the Almighty God. It was the time of loneliness while watching the sheep. That was when he developed that particular ability to be able to walk with the Almighty God. So David's preparation to be able to survive the period of waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise came during the various seasons in his life. It was this experience during each of this time in his life that helped him to survive his long road to the throne of Israel. And my brothers and sisters, today is given to you as a dress rehearsal for what the Lord Almighty is going to do in your life tomorrow. God is using whatever challenges. God will use whatever challenges in your life. Whatever adversity that you are going through right now, as you know, that you are currently facing, is a training school that God is using to prepare you to fulfill the promise of God in your life. In other words, God is saying, whatever you are going through, whatever, you are, whatever circumstances you are facing right now, whatever challenge you think that you are going through, these are raw materials for building you up to get into the place where I have prepared for you. And all you need to do is to be able to recognize them. All you need to do is to be able to accept it. All you need to do is to be able to learn from it. All you need to do is to make sure that all those experiences are not wasted. Because if David had sat down when he was watching the sheep and he started complaining, everybody's having fun in the city. Now I'm sitting down here just watching the sheep. I don't know what's wrong with these people. They don't like me. My daddy doesn't like me. He didn't give me enough hug. And you are doing all those kind of things. At the end of the day, you find out that when the opportunity comes to use the skills, you would have wasted that time. And the Lord is saying, whatever you are going through right now, it's an opportunity for you to learn from it so that you can deploy it when the time is right. It was David's experience as a shepherd, David's experience as a bandit, David's experience as a lonely psalmist that helped him to survive, number one, to survive the, the onslaught of hell that was posed by Saul and to be able to endure the long march to the throne of Israel that was promised unto him. The question is, you know, how did David survive? How did he survive? 
How did he survive? My brothers and sisters, David survived. Not just from that particular preparation, but the preparation in David's life helping number one to learn how to manage crisis. So David survived the years of waiting. David survived the serious, the season of, you know, marching to the throne of Israel, number one, by learning how to manage crisis. David survived the long road to the throne through crisis management. And that is what you find that when the, when the bear came into the, you know, into the camp of, you know, when he was keeping his sheep, you find that he was able to manage that particular crisis. He did not run away. His ability to manage that situation helped him as he was traveling on that particular lonely road. Number two, how did David survive the long road to the throne? He survived it through resource management. He knew how to deploy his resources. He knew how to manage his resources. He knew how to be able to source for resources. That was how he was able to survive. The Bible says that when he, you know, he was able to devise an ingenious plan such that when he's in the field, running away from Saul, he can provide security. To people or to, or to shepherds who are out there that have no security. Protect them from bandit. And in the, and in the process, he get paid for it. That was how he managed. He was able to manage resources. Not only that, he had this strategic management idea. That was how he was able to survive. The Bible said that he was able to partner with people on common, on common partnership. That was what Paul, uh, that was what David forced. Bible said that when Agag was fighting, he was able to align with him so that he will not be, he will not go back and start killing his own people in Israel. He pretended to be what? He pretended to be, to be crazy, letting Spito drop down all his beard because he wanted to be able to survive. This guy understood strategic management. He knew how to set objective. He knew how to analyze the competitive environment. He knew how to analyze his internal, uh, his internal organization so that he can come up with a plan that will be useful. This, all this thing he learned as a bandit and as a shepherd and as a lowly servant. So he survived number one. He survived, number one, by learning how to manage crisis. Number two, by learning how to manage resources. Number three, by being strategic in his management. Number four, by learning how to manage people. The Bible says that all the riffraffs, all the, all the, all the hoodlums that were in Jerusalem at that time, everybody gathered onto David and David began to manage them. David was able to turn all these undisciplined people into a fighting army. They were not just fighting army, they were dedicated fighting army. The Bible says that there was a time when David longed to drink the water of Jerusalem. These people who were undisciplined before, these people that David had trained, David had turned them around so much that they were able to go behind the lines, the enemy line. Go into Jerusalem, draw that particular water, brought it to David. That's to tell you the man has built so much confidence and so much trust that they trusted him so much that they were willing to sacrifice their life. That is how David survived. David was able to manage the people. And that's why if you read on the scripture, you never see anywhere written in scripture about the mighty man of Saul. Because Saul never invested in people. But David invested in people. That's why you have the mighty men of David. You have people like Joab, people like Abner. They fought and they fought till the end for David. So David survived the long road through people management. Not only that, he also managed relationship. David never forgot the people that worked with him. 
There was always that relationship that he built and they were loyal to him because he was loyal to them. The Bible tells us a story in the book of Second, I think Second Samuel, when the Bible said that he went to war before he came back, they had to, they said, the Philistines have come, they have taken his wife and his children and everybody they've taken them captive. David went to the presence of the Almighty God and wept. The people have actually thought of stoning him. And David now went and fought and fought the battle. When he won and he came back, and when they were about to divide the spoil, David said, no, no, no. Everybody who is a member of this camp will receive a spoil, will receive out of that spoil. And the Bible says that he divided everything equally. Those who went to war and those who stayed at home received the same portion. And that has been, even up till today, a standard in the military. Not only the people who carry the gun get glory of being a war, a war hero. Everybody who is involved in the military gets that particular glory. That was big. These are the things that David put in play because he understood how to manage relationship. And because he knew how to manage relationship, he was able to survive the long road to the throne. And then finally, David was able to survive the long road to the road because he knew how to manage himself. David went through all sorts of emotion. They saw emotion of betrayal. The emotional the emotion of being haunted, the emotion of being disappointed. There are times when he was depressed. There are times when he was angry. The Bible tells of a story when he protected a cattle of a particular individual called, uh, called neighbor. And after he had done all that, throughout the seasons when his neighbor were in the field, he protected them. Now it was time that David was just asking, give us something. And neighbor was talking rubbish. David was so angry, he wanted to come and deal with that man. But when he met, when he met Abigail, the Bible told us that Abigail was able to quell his anger. David managed himself and he became eventually, you know, that was no longer a, that was not put as a stain in his life. So David was able to endure the long road, the season of waiting, number one, by managing himself, number two, by managing relationship, by managing people, by strategic management, resource management, and crisis management. If you know how to do all those things in the time of difficulty, in the time that you are waiting for the promise of God, you will find that you'll be able to move forward. Like I said before, you know, some of you might say, yes, pastor, I hear you. I know that David did all this. The question is, how was he able to do all this while he was running away from Saul? How was David able to manage people, manage resources, manage relationships, manage himself while he was busy trying to hide away from Saul and all the armies of Israel? How was he able to do it? My brothers and sisters, David was able to do it because David did not waste his waiting season. David did not waste his waiting season. David used his waiting season as a season of personal development. That's how he did it. David used his time as a, his waiting season as a season for personal development. He learned all that he needed to learn while waiting, while going behind the ship, while being a bandit. He was learning as he moved along. He used his waiting season as a season for personal development. David used the season as a season for skill development. He was not standing still. He was learning as he fought. He was learning new strategies as he goes to war. He was learning new ways of relating with people. He was developing his skills as he waited for the fulfillment of the promise of God in his life. Number three, how did David were able, how was David able to learn all this management skills? David did it because he learned how to develop resources. The Bible says that the riffraff that came to him, David, during his waiting season, was able to transform all those hoodlums into a fighting army. And they became his generals when he eventually mounted the throne. They became his trusted ally. 
David had lawyers around him. David had he had scribes around him. He had he had prophets around him. He had people who could speak into his life. He was able to do all these because he, while waiting, he was developing his resources. While waiting, he was not only developing himself personally, personally, he was developing his resources. Not only that, he was developing his relationship while he was waiting. There are many of us when we come, we know that God has promised to do X, Y, and Z in our life. But the thing is that we sit down and we don't engage the process. We sit down, we don't develop ourselves. But while David was waiting to ascend the throne of Israel, he was busy building up himself. He was busy developing his skill. He was busy building, developing his resources. He was busy developing his relationship. He had relationship all around. He knew people. They were talking to him. They gave him information. They knew, you know, he developed his relationship, not just with men and women, but he developed his relationship with Almighty God. So while he was waiting, he was also building, developing his spiritual abilities. David was one of the most formidable prophets in the Old Testament. Because he was given the prophetic mandate. He was one of the very few people who was a, who occupied two offices in the Old Testament. He occupied the office of the king. He occupied the office of the, of, of the prophets. He understood it. And he was able to declare these things. He was able to, because he was a man who kept on growing. You read the book of Psalms and know that this is a man who was welfare. He did all this because he used his waiting season to invest in himself. To invest in himself. And here's the thing that I want to really say very badly. And that is this. Many of us are at home right now due to this devastating pandemic. Apart from the marathon watching of Netflix and Amazon and all the other streaming devices, how many books have we read? How many things have we, how, in what ways have we developed ourselves? What practical things have we done to improve our lot? If you recall at the very beginning of this series, I said to you, I said that there are three seasons in the life of an individual. I said there is a season of promise when the Lord tells you this is what I'm going to do. There's a season of waiting where you wait for that promise to fulfill, to be fulfilled. And then there's a season of harvest where you begin to eat the fruit of that particular promise. My brothers and sisters, what happens in the season of harvest is a function of what you do in the season of waiting. Life after this pandemic is a function of what you do during the lockdown. If all we did is just watch Netflix and Amazon and all the other things, we will see the results. Okay? David spent his waiting season investing in himself, investing in the people around him, investing in his own own skill, investing in his relationship, investing in the things that will move him to the place that he was going. What are we doing with ourselves? And that was why you will read all through scripture that there was no military general like David in the Bible. None like him. There was no king like David in the Bible. There was no one with that kind of strategy, with that kind of skill, with that kind of influence. like Because he took the time to invest in himself. Okay? And like I said before, I'll say it again. Whatever God has promised to do in your life is going to go through a waiting season. Anything that God has promised you will go through a waiting season. Some of us have just gone through our own waiting season. Some of us are going through right now. Some of us are about to enter into it. One thing that I want you to understand is this. What you do during your waiting season 
will determine the results that you are going to enjoy. The question this morning is that how have you spent your waiting season? How are you spending your waiting season right now? And how are you going to spend the waiting season that, that you are going to pass through in the process of waiting for the promise of the Almighty God? One thing I cannot I can assure you is that how you spend it will determine the results you get. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.